You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. How can I hear God speak? Is the title of this devotion. How do you hear God speak? I know that many times we approach, and of course that's understandably so, approach things from a just mere human natural perspective. So when we think of hearing, our, our consciousness thinks about these ears with which we hear. But God is spirit, and God speaks direct to our spirit. That's why those who are not spiritually made alive cannot hear, because they're here, the spirit is dead. It's not connected with God. Sin causes death to reign in our hearts, whereby we're separated from God. These are scriptures. Sin separates from God. So we think separate, him there, us here. But through Jesus Christ, even though we are dead in sin and trespasses, Ephesians chapter two says, we are made alive together with him. And this life is what he gives within. It's his word coming to live in our heart. Jesus is the word. He is the life-giving word coming into our hearts by we, by whereby we begin to be able to hear God. Then when somebody is speaking, preaching by the Holy Spirit, we inwardly have a witness that says yes and amen to these things that are spoken because all God's promises in Christ are yes and amen. The scripture says in Corinthians, we bear witness with our spirit that what is spoken according to scripture is God speaking. Now, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples who were receiving the life that was in him, they were receiving this life coming into them while they were with him, they were living the life that he was giving them, they would feel this life. And Jesus said to them in his phenomenal chapter five of John, is a chapter I've learned from more than any other chapter in the Bible, but that's maybe a bit much to say, but I've learned a lot from this one chapter. And here in verse 24 of John five, Jesus says, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him, in the Father who sent me, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Or let me rephrase that a bit with my paraphrase. The reason you can hear me speaking God's words to you is because his life is in you, which shows you're no longer under his judgment, for you've already passed from death into life. What is God's judgment? Is that he who sins dies. 
the wages of sin is death. You'll find these in Romans chapter 3 and chapter 5. The wages of sin is death. So death reigns in us, the death of the flesh, the death of the Adamic nature reigns in us until we are made alive with Christ and come into fellowship with the Father. Oh, there's so much I would love to say to you about this. But today I want to encourage you, how can I hear God? How can I hear God? You can hear God by the life-giving Word coming into your heart. Peter would say in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, we have been born again, not by corruptible seed or the seed of a man, but by incorruptible seed, by the ever living word of God. Let me, let me just look it up for you here. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. You see, that word comes into us. Remember Jesus, the word, John chapter 1, became flesh and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then in Matthew 4, 4, Satan is tempting him, saying to him, if you are then the Son of God, why don't you make bread out of these stones? And Jesus then immediately from the inward man responds, saying, man, it, Jesus responds by saying, man, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So let me just, on this little side note, say this to you to encourage you. Every one of us have the common temptation that comes to all of us that we feel wanting, needy, lacking, groaning, moaning, complaining of the natural man. Because the natural man, the flesh man, is like the grass that withers, Isaiah 40 says, and like the flower that fades. The beauty of man's flesh is like the flower that fades. So beauty is fleeting. With old age, it disappears, right? So people know that. And, and this natural nature has in its very nature the groaning of its fallen short of the glory of God, its lack of divinity, its want of life, its groaning under the pains. Romans chapter 8, verse 23 through 27 talks about this so beautifully. And we have this in ourselves, this groaning, this falling short, this weakness of the human nature, this complaining of lack of want, this thirst, this dryness, this barrenness, and I could go on and on and on with all the examples we see throughout the scriptures. And we need to realize, listen to this, dear friends. Life is not just in the pleasure of eating, in the pleasure of entertaining, in the pleasure of physical satisfaction within the sexual realm and so many others. 
No, my friends, life is in God's Word becoming alive in us, giving life into us. God's Word, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, as the Word of God becomes alive in us, it begins to quench that thirst. It begins to satisfy that inner need for life. It begins to comfort that groaning and complaining of want of need. When the Word becomes alive in us, when the Word begins to feed us. You see, the Bible says in James here, in the book of James chapter 1 verse 18, it says that we are brought forth, verse 18, of His own will, God of His own will has brought us forth by the Word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You see, the word, when it begins to come into your heart, God's word, not just any word, God's word. God can just speak one word. Remember the centurion in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there. He said to Jesus, Speak but one word, and my servant shall be whole. I myself am under authority. And I say to this soldier, come, and he comes. And I say to another, go, and he goes. And I say to another, do, and he does. Speak but a word, Lord. And Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith in even all of Israel. And Jesus said, because of this, your faith, your servant is made whole. When he said, your servant is made whole, instantly that life-giving word was connected with that faith and the illness left him. Oh my goodness, friends. We need to realize that he sent his word, Psalm 107 verse 20, and healed them. The word is the healing virtue. The word is the cleansing virtue. The water of the word says in Ephesians 5, we're cleansed by the water of the word. And in 1 Thessalonians, the apostle Paul is writing this, this church that he loved, where he went after he had suffered imprisonment in Philippi and, and also started to be persecuted there. And he says in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as a word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. He says, we can't stop thanking God to see the word of God living, abiding, giving life into your innermost being. This, my friend, is the hearing. You see, faith comes by hearing, the Bible says, and hearing by the Word of God. So when the Word lives inside of you, you begin to hear, and that causes you to receive faith. Oh, praise the Lord for the Word that lives and abides forever. However, it's the condition 
of a heart that determines often the quality of the hearing. It's the condition of the heart. And to keep a heart that is like the fertile soil of the land that receives the seed that's sown in it, and that seed dies in that soil to which it was predestined to die. And then it begins to draw its nourishment for living from the soil. And all of a sudden, out of death comes new life. And there comes a new stock in which is the head. And when the head is fully grown, it brings forth the harvest. And so is the life of God through the Word. It has such a need of a heart that is tender, a heart that is surrendered, a heart that that no longer argues and argues, and often the heart argues because it's not clean, because it's defiled by self-indulgence, because it's defiled by worldly entertainment. And the heart gets blinded and gets hard. Hebrews 3, starting at verse 7, talks about when you hear the Holy Spirit Do not allow your hearts to be found hard, resistant, resistant, arguing, complaining against the answer that you desperately need. And then it explains what causes the hardness of the heart, the deceitfulness of sin. You see, friends, all of our hearts can grow hard so quickly, so quickly. You can have a moment when your heart is so tender, and everything is alive, and you're hearing God, and His Word is life to you, and nourishment to all your flesh, and you feel the spirit of that Word giving life and understanding and illuminating your inward parts. And the next moment, you can be so hardened. You can be so hardened that you don't feel, see, and that you even would deny that you did hear, that you did know. And that is the very darkness of the heart that grows hard, that you begin to deny. You begin to deny what you do know is true. You couldn't deny it in the presence of God. He knows. He knows you heard. He knows that you know you did hear. But that's the deceitfulness of a hard heart. It lies to you. It betrays you. Jeremiah, in that sense, rightfully says by the Holy Spirit in Jeremiah chapter 17 that the heart can be exceedingly deceitful and wicked when it stops feeding upon the Word of God, when it stops being tender and broken and softened through the nourishment of the life of the Spirit. Oh, my dear, dear friends, hear the Word of the Lord calling you. Humble your hearts. Humble your hearts. Do not boast yourself against the truth by arguing, complaining. That is the nature of your flesh. It will never answer anything. It will only make the situation worse and make your heart harder and harder and harder and your mind blinder and blinder so that you eventually even become anti. Oh, come on, dear friends. 
Humble your heart while you still can. Say, oh Lord, I've gotten so hard. I don't feel you anymore. I don't see you anymore. I don't receive your life-giving words anymore. I break down everything that I know is true. Lord, I've gotten myself into the wrong place. Forgive me for the hardness of my heart. Forgive me, Father, for all my complaining and hardness of heart. I humble myself at mercy. Have mercy, Father. Create in me a clean heart, a humble heart, a soft heart. Help me, my Savior, to my God. And you begin to worship and to worship and to worship. And you read the Psalms. And then the Holy Spirit begins to breathe upon you and soften that hardness of heart. And again, you will be able to hear him. Sure you will. Remember in the parable of the sower. Jesus begins that in Mark chapter 4. Again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat uh, in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in his teaching, listen, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell among thorns And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up increasing and produced some thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and some hundredfold. And he said, he who has an ear, let him hear. So he gave a real simple to understand parable. And then his disciples, when they were alone with him, asked him about the parable. And he said, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. In other words, some people can never get beyond the example that's trying to hit the point of their heart. How often does the loving Father have to work through examples of things we're going through in our lives to try to knock on the door of the hardness of our heart. He has to use the tough, rough circumstances of life to try to break through the uncultivated part of our hearts and to get to that point where we kind of go, I see it, Lord. Every time you trying to speak to me, something just, and I, and I can't even remember what I was saying. Other times I hear it and oh, but the next moment I go through something, it's gone. And then my life is so busy and I don't have time to go to church or to read your word or pray. And I find out that life is on unfulfilling with all the busyness and all the wealth that I make. There's not enough in it to satisfy my inner hunger. 
But Lord, I remember, oh, when your word was the joy of my heart, when I couldn't wait to hear it preached to me, when I couldn't wait to read it and receive it to my heart. And Father, I long, I long for that understanding to come back to my heart again. He said, Jesus said, listen, do you not understand verse 13 of Mark 4, the parable? How then will you understand all the parables? You see, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Immediately the enemy tries to get you to stop being connecting with the word. And likewise um, are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness and then have no root in them and so they endure only for time. Afterwards, when tribulation, persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns, who are the ones where the cares of this world and deceitful riches and desire for other things enter and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So let me plead with you. Jesus gave another parable where he says, anyone who hears my word and does them, I liken him to a wise man who digs down and until he hits the rock and builds his house on the rock so that when the floods of life come, that house is able to stand and it shall not fall no matter how great the floods of life. But here is a man who hears my word but never puts action to it. He never takes time to dig down to the rock. What is the rock, friends? What's digging down? Digging down is that you keep humbling your heart and keep humbling and you keep reading and praying until finally, it takes such root in you that it becomes such strength in you, like a rock inside of you, unmovable, unshakable. I know whom I believed and I know what I've committed to him. He's able to keep until that day. I know whom I believed and so I speak as I believe. You see where faith has such command of the heart that all the winds of contradiction can come, but you stand firm in the face of those winds, knowing whom you've believed, that he is able and that he will do superabundantly far over and above all that you dare ask, hope or pray by his word, living power inside of you. And you hold fast like Job, you stand firm like Job, James chapter 5, verse 11 says, We bless them who endured, considering the mercies of God, how the end intended for Job came to pass as we see him who endured. Oh, friends, I want to encourage you. Let the word be so active in the life in you that you'll never stop hearing. you never stop hearing. Every time you read the Bible, Every time you pray, every time you come to church, oh, it is so loving and life-giving. It is just the best ever. Amen? Have a good day.